1: Happy Thursday, and welcome here to another edition of Husker on the Headlines. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. can feel spring, man. This is great outside, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it. it's, I mean, we're having, uh, all right, we're going to have weather talk now, like you're at Super Saver in line. Yeah, it's unseasonably warm, isn't it, Sean? We're, we're like overdressed
1: <laughs> right now for Husker on the Headlines, but we got a great show on tap here as um, we work our way. Uh, through, we think, your five of the bigger headlines of the week, and I want to start here at number one: future scheduling philosophies for Nebraska. And, um, head coach Matt Rule has discussed this. Trev Alberts has discussed this. I know uh, our our friend and colleague Tom Chatel um, spoke with Matt Rule um, about this as well. Just kind of their philosophy going forward on scheduling. Yeah, Rule's philosophy, and you know, Nebraska right now does have long-term non-conference series. With Colorado, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Tennessee, and Arizona, is Cincinnati in there? Cincinnati, um, yeah, we got the El Toro Bowl coming up um, (laughs) next year. That would be fun in twenty-five. Okay, the El Toro Bowl and Lucas Oil Stadium—that's a one-off, neutral-site game. But you know, could these games go away? Uh, Matt Rule, I think, would rather play three kind of developmental games, knowing how tough the Big Ten is going to be that's, every year. No, that's what he told Tom. Yeah. That's what he told but Tom. But what do you do? Do you get out of these contracts, then, if you're Nebraska? Like, what is – you know, the, some of these contracts the are far down the road.
0: That's the question. That's the question that a reporter, Sean Callahan, Sipple, somebody, should should ask Trev. It costs money to get out of contracts, though. So. Right. So, how locked in are they would be a question. Are you, are you look, are you act, I mean, Sean, what, just get down to it. Are you actively Trev Alberts seeking to get out of these games per your head coach's comments to Tom Chattel, which were, which I mean, to paraphrase Sean, he rules said, and again, I'm paraphrasing that. With the Big Ten as tough as it is, why play a marquee Power Five opponent that could beat you up in September? And derail your season. It, well, yeah, der- yeah, it could derail your season. Yeah, yeah. In a place it's, like this, it does derail your season. Yeah, when it can. And so he, he said, like, if you're going to play Washington and Oregon, now that Washington and Oregon are aboard, along with the rest of it, why play a game, for instance, against Texas? You know, why do that now? There's a lot of people, Sean, that this isn't the, to me, the interesting part of the conversation is, it's sort of a function of our age, your age, my age. And remember when Nebraska was this, we'll take on anybody, anytime we'll take on all comers, anytime. Wasn't it? Didn't it used to be like that more, at least from the yeah, players, the parody
1: hadn't hit college football though. That's the difference. You know, they had the biggest army with the most weapons and tanks back then. Now everyone's got equal armies and there's not that, everybody has equal armies. But our, our army's not the Nebraska army's not quite like George's. That's enough. But I'm saying like power five football teams like Iowa State was power five in that era, but they weren't. Right. That's you, true. Like you could roll in there right. and play a poor game. Uh-huh. And and win win fifty one to fourteen. You know they, they. I mean Osborne had one of his
0: worst losses in his career to yeah, Jim Wallen. but it was a one off. I mean it was a one off. I mean Missouri when, when Missouri had Woody Woodenhofer, I can remember those games distinctively, distinctly, distinctly. They would come in, and I would I would be sort of taken aback by how slow Missouri was compared to Nebraska. Like there's no way they can win this game. There's just no shot even
1: like in ninety nine, Kansas almost beat Nebraska. Newcomb ended up winning that game and Lawrence in the fourth quarter uh-huh. had a had a couple catches
0: and a punt return. You just kinda always knew like Nebraska would figure it out and win those games. Right. So he, so you're suggesting it's different. But it's so but Matt's comments to Tom were interesting. He's as you know, rules very transparent. So he says he says what he's thinking. And now my question to you would be, is what Rule's saying, does it jibe with what Trev wants? Because Trev is the businessman in this conversation. Rule's not a businessman. Trev's the one who has to worry about the bottom line. He has to worry about how many people are in the stands. And sometimes, I mean, some people are going to look at it and say, hey, I don't know, are, are, we, are we really going to play Furman again? You know, are we got, well, who are we playing here? You know, I mean, we're playing UTEP in Northern Iowa. Can't, are, are we going to have another, or we're going to have a marquee opponent or are those going? Yeah. Wet? But what's not good is not getting the six
1: wins and they've got to build schedules to build like, like what Fred Hoyberg's done on Nebraska
0: basketball. Right. They built a schedule to get momentum. Absolutely. And, and I think now here's the thing, just so you know where I stand and where people know where I stand. I have said for some time, lighten the preseason. You're in the big 10. You're getting brutalized in the Big Ten. It's a tough schedule. I so I'm I am basically with rule. It's sort of a hard sell, though, to some people. Like, especially when you start backing out of contracts, if that's what they're gonna do, which I don't know. I don't know that they're well, gonna
1: well. If do the SEC staying at eight, and they will be for at least a year or two, yeah. you're at a disadvantage with the SEC already. Big Ten is. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I think if the Big Ten is gonna get guaranteed four playoff bids, which if this thing expands and, and changes, that could happen. It doesn't even matter anymore. What do you mean it doesn't matter anymore? You know, like the out of conference games. If if you know your league's going to get four playoff bids, so you
0: you're saying that take an, care of business in your league, you're gonna get a playoff. An bids. SEC team could lose an early game against a non-conference power five team and not worry about. It. Yeah, because if you're fourth place in the Big Ten or SEC, you're gonna get in the playoffs. Right. But so rule now, here's the thing. I wonder this if rules tune would change. Say Nebraska. Say he gets to N- Nebraska back to being a con- a, a consistent top ten, t- top five team. I don't know if rules tune would change on this, but mine would. If Nebraska's back to where it's a consistent top ten team, then I would say, if I were the coach, let's let's play some big. Let's play some big time non conference teams. The problem is, you schedule these out so far. I mean, this Tennessee game was scheduled
1: like decades ago. (laughs) I mean, and and they've kicked the can down the road like multiple times. So, um, what we know is Colorado's this year. The next year is the Altoro Bowl. And since in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Um, they're playing Cincinnati on August 30th. That's awesome. But they've already kind of lightened the load after that. They have Akron and Houston Christian. (laughs) I mean, I I consider myself
0: an Pretty expert bad. of college football. Yeah, and I had never heard of Houston Christian. <laughs> Nor have I. Now hold on. So they play Cincinnati, Akron, and Houston Christian. <laughs> okay. Now here's the thing. What if you said we're not playing Cincinnati, we're going to play Northern yeah. Iowa? Yeah, Hi. would. That would that would go over? Okay
1: three 0 is three 0 I mean but oh I don't know I don't know but Houston Christian is it reminds me of like a, a team that would be like in a movie like i you know like there'd be like made up colleges like big state yeah. you know and I've never heard of Houston, Houston Central Houston Christian I mean like I, like th- that's kind of what they're going for but after Houston Christian and the Cincinnati schedule in 26 okay yeah where where well, they else? have Ohio and then they play Tennessee okay and then they have North Dakota then in 27. They have northern Illinois in Lincoln, then they go to Knoxville on nine eleven on in 2027. So and we
0: don't know who the third opponent is. No, third game. opponent not set yet. <laughs> um, That's enough. I mean, I would lighten it. See, if you're playing northern Illinois and Tennessee, that third game should be a Houston Christian. I okay. Big state. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna get in <laughs> trouble for saying stuff like that. But I again I am bent the way rule is on this. Don't play Tennessee if you don't have to. Don't go to Knoxville if you don't have to. Don't do Um 2028 20, they play Arizona and
1: Lincoln. They have South Dakota State on there too. See, sometimes those games can be a, a little yeah, harder. Yeah, well, want. and who knows what FCS football will look like by that point. I mean, yeah, good point. I mean, the Power 5 has just gone in there and robbed I mean the good players are leaving to go up to power five. Now,
0: in some cases though, some players off power five rosters are going down. So then Oklahoma and 29. Yeah. So <laughs> that that's on the
1: schedule and that that's one of those game of the century kind of anniversary yeah. series. Um, and then in 30, Nebraska has Oklahoma again with South Dakota state In 31, they play Arizona and Tucson. So it's always fun to do how old you'll be in 2031. Yeah. No, I don't know. That's not fun for me. I'll be fifty-one yeah. in Tucson. Yeah. You might be living in Tucson by f- thirty-one, and I'll just not, come
0: see you down there. I'm not. I'll be traveling up to the games from Paraguay, <laughs> and then going back. 2031.
1: 20, <laughs> <laughs> twenty thirty-four. So they don't. They don't have any in twenty thirty-two and thirty-three. Um, Oklahoma State, thirty-five. Oklahoma State. But again, if you're Matt, like, I can you? Can that. you like? The average shelf life of a college football head coach right now is four to six years. Yeah, he's not worried about 20, like, 30. I don't like, so I think we're looking at Tennessee.
0: I think that's the one. Yeah. The El Toro Bowl is going to happen. Yeah. I just wonder if you would call Trev Alberts right now and say, Are you still going to play this Tennessee game? What the answer would be. That this seems to be the one that would get blown up. The answer probably would be we're not commenting on scheduling. Because it's tricky. It's a tricky thing. And maybe Tennessee doesn't want to play it either. I could be. I mean, maybe they don't
1: want to come up here. Like they come up here first. Like what if they come in and
0: it's a madhouse and they get beat by Nebraska? Like it, it, (laughs) these are fascinating discussions because it gets to mindset where I'm coming from is Nebraska is still in the early stages. I don't, I'm not going to use the word building, but if, but if but of becoming Matt rules pr- program and if rule feels like right now it's not in his in Nebraska's best interest to line up against those sort of teams those those power 5 powerful programs it makes sense i have a feeling though his answer to tom was more strategic it was more about the playoff why why we don't need to do this the big 10 if we're successful in the big 10 that will get us in the playoff but do you know who needs better non conference games? There's three
1: people Who? Fox, CBS, and NBC. <laughs> yeah, they do matchups. You're and guess right. who's paying the bill on a lot of this? Ah, see, there you go. Those Sean. three people. Yeah. And so if you told Fox, hey, or CBS or NBC, would you want to air our game with Houston Christian?
0: Right. No. So that's <laughs> where I mean, that's where Trev is more. I mean, he's the one who has to deal with that. Tony Petiti would be like, hey, what are you doing?
1: Right, scheduling Houston Christian for times. Swear, hey, coach.
0: Well, I don't know that rule wants that, but um,
1: Houston Christian. But anyway, it's it's a it's a fascinating discussion. Yeah, we'll be um, in, the, in the playoff expansion too. It, it's right now at twelve for two years. Right, but after these two years are up, there's a lot of things on the table to watch. Right. Um, there's already discussion to expand it to fourteen, and then the Big Ten and the SEC um want to exp- increase their auto bids they would they would like to go to four bids i mean speculation is they would like a model if there's 14 bids four would go to
0: each of those two leagues so they would eight, get eight. eight of the 14 uh, that see i read that in your three two one column that just seems almost preposterous to me but they can how the, can they make that stake that well what if florida like, states in the big 10 well, I, I got it. I got it. As the more they, teams... They always want to flex. I mean, these conferences want to flex, and we want to say they got all the money and all the TV power, so I guess that's what it, that's what we're talking about. And if these leagues don't play by this, those two leagues get to start their own playoff.
1: Yeah. They have the leverage. Yeah. Like, do you think the Big 12 and the ACC of Florida State's out of the ACC and North Carolina's out of the ACC, they have any leverage in this thing? No, I
0: don't. I don't. I just... What I always come down on this stuff is, and this is what I was thinking about when I was reading everything today. It's remarkably unappealing, especially for someone who once saw college football in all its glory. And now we're talking about this. Well, what if the SEC and the Big Ten just split off? I mean, wow, that's that's what it's. You know
1: who's getting to? the bad deal? Notre Dame. Well, yeah. So the current the current model. Yeah. You have to be a conference champion mm-hmm. to get a buy yeah they don't get a buy they so won't get a buy in Notre Dame to win a national championship will have to win four playoff games no buy un- happening it's yeah not no. happening oh I don't know about that but so, n- no buy under so any circumstances in the current model if Notre Dame's number one in the country they wouldn't get a buy they'd be a five seat mm-hmm. because they're not a conference champion mm-hmm. um what if the SEC in the Big Ten make it where their payout model is higher than the other leagues? If they control eight of the 14 spots, they're going to control more of the money. Yeah, so those teams are going to get a better payout than the other leagues. Notre Dame is going to get a lesser payout as well. How do you think Notre Dame is going to react to that? Not well. Not well. So will that be what finally forces Notre Dame's hand? To join a conference. If anything, I think if they joined a league, it would be the ACC. Really? I think it's a, it's safer form. They're already They're already in it. In it. Yeah. And Look, if Florida State leaves, it's set up for them to win that thing. Like there you it, go. And then but if they if they lose out on getting a buy, I mean that's a big deal. I'll be interested to see what how the fans comment on this future scheduling as it applies to rules comments. As long as we get that trip to Indy next season, not in the twenty five season, you're you're happy. We'll take it one season at a time. <laughs> and then in Tucson, when you come up and visit me from Paraguay, that's going to be a great year for me. i have to but... go up north for those games. <laughs> I thought you might be in Tijuana still. No, I'm not messing with Tijuana.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, before we take it to headline number two, um, thank you for joining us here on the Husker Online Headlines show. Uh, Husker Online Headlines brought to you by Omaha Steaks. And right now, Omaha Steaks has the 50% off semi-annual sale. Um, it's going on right now. Get 50% off site-wide and save on mouth-watering favorites today. Go to omahasteaks.com slash Huskers. Shop the semi-annual sale where you can load up on all your delicious fa- flavor. You crave for half the price from tender, juicy butcher cup, filet mignons, mouthwatering uh, hamburgers, comfort classics, and easy to prepare meals that are perfect for a busy weekday night. Plus, an added bonus, you'll get eight free hamburgers from Omaha Steaks um, on select packages when you shop at omahasteaks.com Huskers. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless, endless flavor and endless value on incredibly scrumptious sides as well, uh, desserts. They've got it all, 50% off right now, the semi-annual sale at Omaha Steaks. Uh, they've got a guarantee as well that you're going to love this product. Um, otherwise, you'll get your your money, unconditional money uh, back. Go to omahasteaks.com slash Huskers. Get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers with select packages when you stop the semi-annual sale. Hurry, because the deal won't last long. That's omahasteaks.com slash huskers okay let's go to headline number two um we'll talk nil because it's a busy time of year it's the dead period in recruiting so coaches can't go out you can't host recruits so what are you doing right now you're kind of on an nil sales tour and thursday night we're taping the show here thursday Mm -hmm. nebraska is out in phoenix for the second year in a row with the 1890 initiative collective matt rule tony white marcus satterfield they are running an NIL fundraising event out there. And and the reality is this is a big part of college football now.
0: It is for a lot of schools, not every school, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's coaches go and raise money so their players can be paid. Right. That's what we're talking about. 1890 puts this on and they, I mean, I would say 1890 runs it with, with the coaches on hand because the, the donor booster donors boosters want to see these coaches it'll probably be pretty fun right you get a you get to talk to the coaches and all that but yeah the coaches have to do this now i imagine it's not the only function that rule does and i imagine he has contact with donors and boosters he has to i think that's yeah it's part of the job now part of the job and you know last year they did the same event and i know it was successful but
1: this is a big deal. I mean, as far as getting the money um, and NIL is changing though. And, and there's a lot in play, right? Go in, to the legislative. And thing. so like right now for NIL, um, you know, there's, there's, there's changes in play and the biggest changes, things are set up now, potentially for the future where Nebraska or other big 10 institutions and even sec institutions, well, all institutions, right? Well, the sec and the big 10 banded together to form that advisory group. Okay. And essentially they want to make it where they are allowed to be involved in NIL and be involved in the payments and use their money. Um, and Nebraska as a state passed the first bill to kind of move things in that direction. LB 1393 was introduced on February 12th. Um, I was actually, uh, with state Senator John Arch this week, and we talked about the bill, um, that they have on the, on the desk right now. And Mm -hmm. essentially this bill, would allow nebraska to be involved in nil directly Mm -hmm. right now they Mm -hmm. can't be involved directly and they have to kind of keep a hands-off approach governor jim Pillen, also a former husker player um is fully behind this bill it's going to pass there's no doubt i I don't really see anybody that would vote against this Mm -hmm. um at this point so that's really kind of what's next and you know when will this go into effect sometime by the summer maybe but how quickly can Nebraska increase their involvement and what does that do with the collective and, and kind of their involvement? Right. You know, like, right. I, I still believe you have to have the collective's involvement in some way. I mean, the PEDS have given so much with this collective and the boosters involved. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you just want to shun all that. now.
0: I wouldn't think so. So this is, this is what it is. LB, as you said, 1393, it would clarify that institutions in Nebraska would be able to compensate a student-athlete for their name, image, or likeness if allowed by a College Athletic Association policy change, NCAA, a court order or settlement agreement. Should such a policy change take place, the bill would clarify that NIL compensation of a student-athlete does not inherently make an athlete an employee of the institution. That's a big part of this. Because when you were talking about this would enable the institutions to pay the players. The, uh, the automatic question in people's mind is, okay, so now are they employees? It would be public record at that point if they were right, but they, but this bill stipulates that no, they would not become employees of the institution. It's, it's all and now. This is where I'm sure people, some people watching, they get confused by all this. And I, I rightfully so it's do all states have a, a bill in their house of whatever it is like this no they don't so it's it's a state by state thing it does get very confusing i understand why people are confused this is pretty clear cut though the the one part of this though that's not clear cut um this bill and i don't even sean maybe this is just maybe they just felt like they had to include this part um but this bill defines hold on a second um Oh, it says under this bill, universities in Nebraska, UNL, you know, is the one we're talking about, would be able to assist student athletes with their NIL endorsements through legal support and access to department resources. Is that even a thing anymore? NIL endorsements
1: for Caitlin Clark's so of the world, like you know, like let's say you had Dylan Raiola, like okay, the, that yeah, the school could directly, okay, you know partner with him
0: and you know, help it, him and, pick
1: up Misty's or and Dylan Riola could have advertisements, maybe in the stadium. Okay. Know, like, I think there's things that you could do Okay, that you're not doing now or the school can be involved. But hmm. I, I wonder if they understand how many headaches are going to come with this from the institution side of it. Like I just know being involved, covering collectives and watching things you deal with a lot. And yes, you do the general public. So like, what are you talking about? Just people wanting more money. And yeah, I mean, it's like running a company.
0: Uh-huh. Everyone that works for you wants more money. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I know. And literally players will go to a coach or go to the collective the week, you know, Sunday or Monday after a game and want
1: more money. We've seen it. I mean, yes. when we were doing interviews over the last few years and uh, we have popped by
0: I mean, there were, there'd were there be guys waiting to go in the collective office. Mm-hmm. Guys who maybe have a veterinary, a vet bill due or something. Well,
1: and a lot of times <laughs> it, it, it might be a guy that, you know, the phone, they couldn't get someone to answer the phone for them. So they just have to show up in person trying to, I mean, because you know, it, it, it's just a, a different it's deal.
0: Great. It's not, it's the setup is to say it's imperfect is understating the matter, but it's imperfect.
1: It's yeah. Imperfect. And, and NIL, though, it's not really NIL. It's more roster value. Right. And, you know, these players are paid a roster value through a collective contract where, you know, they do duties for the collective. NIL really is what Caitlin Clark's doing at Iowa Mm -hmm. and what Jeff Sims did for a little bit on some of the things here, like with Amigos and Acres equipment and those things. Um, But you don't see much of that anymore. because There's a lot of liability and risk to use
0: a college student for a business endorsement. Sure there is. I mean for one thing he that student athlete might underperform to a large level or mess up off the field. Or mess up off the field. Yeah, which Got is worse. Yeah, which is worse, but then it then it's impact on recruiting is really fascinating. Mike Boynton, you don't may not recognize that name, but he's the Oklahoma State basketball coach really quick. He had a he went through this soliloquy this 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 week about how he recruited Cade Cunningham in 2020. Cade Cunningham was the number one basketball player in the country. He recruited him the old-fashioned way, just got to know him, spent four years, and spent four years getting to know him and 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 beat and beat Kansas and beat North Carolina for the services of Cade Cunningham. Well, what Boyton said this week is, I wouldn't even try to do that now, because somebody would just say, hey, just I'll pay you $500,000, just come to our campus for nine months. That's recruiting now. I think that we used to talk about how how valuable it it can be to a program to have a great recruiter or a set of great recruiters. That's no longer as important. It's not. Well, and you, you heard Adam. It's not longer, it's you not heard so what important. Adam
1: Silver said this week about how NIL has affected the NBA? No. So essentially – because the NIL money is so great for these top players to go to college, the G league and the developmental league of the NBA can't keep up with the money. It's suffered probably. And they've, (laughs) they've taken a hit because of NIL and he said, it's causing us to rethink the G league
0: model because they're not getting the players, some of the players, I mean, I can think of individual players, the center at North Carolina, for instance, that stayed in school and is probably making, well, he's making much more than he'd ever make in a G league. I mean, so yeah, I can, I totally understand. I never even thought of that till right now. Well, but, and NBA only has two rounds in the draft. I mean, right. so it's a huge risk to go pro. Yeah, it is. And, and a lot of it's not, and not as much of it, of the talents coming out of colleges anymore. It's coming from overseas. If you look at the draft, look at how many players are coming from overseas now. Wow. I never even thought about the G-League ramifications. The, the, the ramifications NIL would have on the G-League. So to give you an idea, the G-League was a major factor
1: because they they could sign. They were signing high school players. Like yeah. Bryce McGowan told me in this very office a couple of years ago, NIL had just started, and you know he didn't make near what he'd make now. Right. But he said, Sean, if the G-League would have offered me a contract at a high school, I would have taken that. Really, he didn't. He didn't have that offer. Really, had to go to Nebraska for a year. <laughs> it's so different. But now. now the G League is chopped liver. I mean, mm-hmm. the G League can't compete against Kansas money and North right. Carolina money and, and a lot of places. money. Yeah, a lot of places. We could just keep going. I mean, I mean, do a, do, do G League players even make a hundred grand? I don't know what they make, so I don't want to go there. Yeah, I'm a. Fill time here. I want, to, I want to Google this real fast.
0: You fill time. That's what I fill do. Fill time here. That's what you're, I do. Pick it up. Like a, are, a you, are you a little down today? Am
1: I a little? No, I'm not a little down today. It's kind of like a like what? a seven version of Steve Sip. <laughs> I want the 10 version. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. G League players right now uh, only make like 40 grand.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. No. So, I mean, come on, guys. I'll pick it up <laughs> so, a little bit. I'll pick it up a little bit. If you're staying... I I wish I could think of the guy's name that stayed at North Carolina. He's the center. He he played in the national title game last year. And I was, I was, it was curious to me why he stayed in school. But then it's really not so curious because he's probably getting paid a million dollars. So, like, I can tell you this confidently Josiah Alec makes more money than a G
1: League player. Oh, God, really? Yeah, he does. I mean, all of the transfers they brought in pretty much make a hundred grand. That's just my, that's just my feel and what I know from what on the NIL. Now, G
0: League guy's making 40,000. Yeah. So, Adam Silver's right. They can't. 100% like, right. Like, they're not going to compete against that. Well, you're certainly not going to get as good a player in the G League right now. I mean, and, and unless something changes. But And by the way, I am bringing it at more than a seven level. I will, Let's make that very clear. Uh-huh.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. All right,
0: what's next? All right, let's <laughs> take next the, in, headline.
1: the headline. I'll pick it up a little bit. Number three. <laughs> Nebraska basketball gets a win. On the road, the Huskers go into Bloomington. They get the sweep, Steve Sipple, the double sweep over Indiana, 85 to 70. And, you know, imagine being like an Indiana fan or Indiana media member to to stomach that Nebraska
0: basketball swept you. I wonder, I think they're having a harder time stomaching the effort level that their team shows. I'm not taking away from Nebraska at all. But Indiana, Mike Woodson has trouble at Indiana. They, they have material. They don't have guards, though. They couldn't hit shots and they miss free throws. And the effort was effort was bad. Oh, there, yeah. The free throw shooting thing really is not a good look. I don't know. I don't – I hope I can verbalize this right. They, they're they a 66% free throw shooting team on the season, Indiana. Last night, they were terrible. Um, and – I just, for the state of Indiana, which is a basketball haven, how, how, I just guarantee you they don't tolerate that very well. I mean, there's eighth grade junior high teams that shoot much better than 66% from the line. So anyway, Nebraska is in a very strong, I'd say a very strong position in my opinion. With four games left, Robin put it really well. Earlier this week, Nebraska would have to play itself out of the NCAA tournament at this point. I don't see that happening. I was interested in reading your three 2 one column that you 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 say. I think you said it's most likely that they would go two and two down the stretch. Maybe three and two one. and two is a
1: given. I feel like three and one could happen. Four and zero. Oh. I mean four and zero oh could okay. easily happen.
0: Yeah, two and two is a given. Three and one seems very likely, or four and zero. Oh, pretty likely to me nebraska right now in my opinion is really dangerous they're a dangerous team they were dangerous even when they lost at illinois even losing at northwestern i still thought they were dangerous now they've won three in a row they've won by 20 they've won against michigan they won by 19 against penn state they won by 15 against indiana on the road now you're seeing what I was saying, even when they were losing to Northwestern in Illinois. They're dangerous. If Nebraska dangerous.
1: finishes 12 and 8 or 13 and 7 in the Big Ten, 13 and 7 be winning out. 12 and is 3 and 1. Fred Hoyberg might be the Big Ten coach of the year. It would either be Hoyberg or, or Collins or Painter. I don't know why why Collins. Why not? I mean, their net better ranked, record than Nebraska. Their net is like 58. Uh It'd be Painter, Collins, or Hoyberg. I I have a hard time thinking that Collins is going to get it. Really, I mean, they're they they were in the NCAA they're tournament. One Masters.
0: game better than Nebraska right yeah. now. I mean, yeah, and, and they're split. So yeah, they split. So you know, you're you're probably in bounds there. I just think it'd be one of those. But threes. if Hoyberg finishes twelve and eight, he's going to get some momentum for Coach of the Year in the Big Ten. He yeah, yeah, he's got some momentum right now. Again, though, you're right. If they win 0-4, he's not going to get coach of the year. But Tomonaga,
1: the way he's playing, too, I was asking Robin, like, will he get some first – team? I mean, he's going to be a second-teamer, I think, for sure. But will he get some first-team
0: votes? I don't know. I was interested that the analyst working with Kevin Kugler last night at one point said that Kaysay's the best player on the floor. He stated it as fact. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? He's right. Casey's the best player on the floor. He's the best player out there. Like, That's fascinating to me because there's a seven footer out there. There's six ten guys out there. Little Case says he's the best player on the floor, but he is that spurt he had in the first half. She's using. I
1: mean, in the history of Assembly Hall, how many road teams have a little guard that could do that in that
0: place? I don't know.
1: He's. I mean that that was that step back in the corner. That yeah, was he, ridiculous.
0: I mean if you're Indiana, you just throw your hands up like what do you do? Oh, it's hard. He's hard to deal with. I watch it really close. They they tried to put that freshman, guard Gabe Cups. They could he couldn't hang oh, with him.
1: Gabe Cups finished the game 0 of 6. Um no points. You know, Kasey, the only saving grace for Gabe Cups is he had no turnovers.
0: Oh, yeah, he couldn't guard Kasey. But they Trey to, Galloway, the other guard had uh, six turnovers. They had to take Cups off of Kasey. Couldn't he couldn't deal with him. So you're – he's really – teams face guard him the whole court, and he still gets open. He's a master at it. He's become a master without the ball. That's that's the thing about Kaysay. All you can do is, is tip your cap to him at this point because he's getting heavy defensive pressure. He's getting a lot of – I mean, they're allowing a lot of contact on him, um, and he still shakes free, still gets himself free. Also credit Fred. Because Fred, I and I have been the most critical in this market of Fred, probably. But the one thing I never criticize about Fred is his ability to get shooters open. He gets them open. Well, and just Kasey
1: from Japan, obviously, and, and just the the way Japanese athletes baseball and now Kasey in basketball, the way they they learn the fundamentals of the game. Like you see it in baseball, how fundamental Japanese baseball players are. Like Ichiro. It's
0: funny you say that. I agree with you. Except Bruce Weber said something last night fascinating. You know, he's the former Kansas State coach who's on the beat. He's a BTN analyst. I hope I got his first name right, Bruce Weber. Yeah, Bruce Weber, former Kansas State coach. Former Illinois head coach too. And Illinois, you're right. He said if I'm co if I'm te- if I'm camping with young kids, I am not showing him what Casey does cuz he does a lot of stuff wrong. Shoots shoots with his body not square to the basket all different angles. He, I wouldn't show him what Casey does, but he can score. He can score. But
1: when his arm and his wrist gets a, like around the rim, he knows how to angle the ball guess he does. to get in the basket. Oh, yeah.
0: He uses his body exceptionally well. How many times have you seen his shot get swatted? Very rarely. Not very, not very often. He uses his body really well, and he has to be in supreme shape because he never stops moving. He has to work really hard. To keep himself in condition, because he never stops moving. That's why a tournament game intrigues
1: me, because they're going to play a team that doesn't know how to play him. Right now, right?
0: No, one hundred percent. Now there's film they can. Yeah, I mean, but Big Ten teams know him. Yeah, no, you're right. Nebraska's scary because it's not just Casey, because Bryce Williams can beat you, because Rink can beat you. If they play like because... last night, they can win it. They can beat anybody. Right? We've seen that. We've seen that during this stretch, particularly against Michigan in the first what would you say, 15 minutes against Michigan when Nebraska led Michigan 43 to 13. I mean, you can say what you want about how bad Michigan is. They're still a power five team, and Nebraska led them 43 to 13. No, Nebraska is is scary because of their prowess on offense. And now they're playing pretty good defense at times, too.
1: All right. Let's take things to headline number four. Uh, second leg of the in-state tour uh, will take place on Sunday. We'll be in Lincoln this week, Steve Sipple at the um, Chris Slatt training facility. Where we were at uh, Steve Warren's place the week before. Um, got another good lineup of teams lined up, and you first time you've been a part of this, but we we do our best to kind of move through as many of the top players and coaches efficiently
0: um, right. to get accurate measurements, pictures. Yeah, people um,
1: are wondering what it is. It's a, it's a media day essentially.
0: Yeah, so you the high school teams bring their a handful of their best players. The coach comes. It's an interview opportunity. For instance, Jackson Carpenter will be there. The, the kid from Wahoo um, says Connor name, Booth. Connor Booth will be there. I'm interested in both those guys. Um, it's it's really it's really a tremendous service for the high schools. I, I mean, it gets a lot of the word out about the teams. And so, and it obviously helps us a ton. Yeah, and we'll get uh, the teams I've got coming in this week. How many? Uh,
1: I think fourteen. Lincoln Southeast, um, Lincoln Pius as a player. Lincoln East, Lincoln South, um, Lincoln Southwest, Wahoo Newman, Waverly, Norris, Ashland Greenwood, Stanton, Nebraska. Um, they have a lineman uh, to keep tabs on. Bennington will be here. Lincoln North Star, Fremont, Blair, and Lincoln Northeast. So. um, you know, last week was kind of your big Omaha one, and we had one hundred and thirteen people come through
0: it. Yeah, and so people wonder who we're talking about. Well, we're talking about Tyson Terry. We're talking about Caden Vermont. We're talking about the coach at Millard South, Ty Wisdom, who has a team that's absolutely loaded, and he'll take that team to Arizona to start the season. I mean, the one if you, if there's if you haven't if you didn't take away anything from last weekend, Tate, or if you're just going to take away one thing from last weekend, Millard South's the team to be. They're loaded. Millard South is loaded. And they know it, too. You yeah. can just sense it. But, like, they walked in there, and, I mean, they they moved the room. Yeah. Ty Wisdom is a sort of – he carries himself with a lot of confidence, and it really makes an impression on you. Millard South is the team to watch this year. And they've got some tra- – I mean, they've ruffled feathers a little bit. they got some big-name transfers to come in their program. Isn't that funny the way you say that? It's just like college. they got some big-name transfers, like Jamal Banks, like – you know, Isaiah Naylor. Look, I've
1: grown up in Omaha, and
0: I I know how recruiting in the town has worked. I don't think it's ever been where it's at right now. Yeah, it was. That was one. It was an eye opening thing for me to be there on Sunday in Omaha and get an idea of that that situation. Like to hear Mark McLaughlin of Platteview View talk about his big his tight end, uh, Ryman mm-hmm. Ryman Zebert. Yeah, and tell me, I'm just glad he stayed here. And you would say, "Okay, babe in the woods, you don't you understand where he's come from?" I, d- I needed him to explain that. Like, what do you what do you mean? Well, I mean, there's there's a handful of coaches in the metro that tried to get him, you know, for their team. Oh, really? Really? And he stayed with us, and that indicates trust. He he, he appreciated that that tight end who's being pursued by Miami, Florida University. Wisconsin, Nebraska, eighteen teams have visited Platteview. That he that he thought enough about Mark McLaughlin and his staff and that team to stay with them. Well, and here's the deal: like by the time
1: he takes a snap of football as a senior, his recruiting process will be over. Yeah, everything's going to happen for Zebert. pre-clear from up. March to July, he'll take his recruiting trips.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, go around and meet schools. Coaches will come back on the road. More than likely, Zebert will be committed somewhere by July fourth. Oh, wow. so at that point what's it matter where you
0: play right that's a good point but boy that but you've put into perspective how quickly this is going to move forward. right i mean it's february 22nd so what we do at the in-state tour is we
1: try to get ahead of that right we run on the dead period yeah. and we kind of set the table right for what the next run's going to be and mm-hmm. you know nebraska's made eight offers already in the state for 25 alone so it's um in this week you know like you mentioned there's gonna be the two husker offer guys there jackson carpenter connor booth i think what will come out of this tour is we're going to learn about two or three or four maybe new names to watch okay okay and they might be younger names okay but that that has always been what the in-state tour has been for me like i'm okay when the coaches bring the young guys okay because i mean it, it's more work to see more players through but i want to get a jump on the names
0: yeah So you tell them to bring your best players.
1: And I, I purpose, I want to enter in the data myself, even though it's time consuming, because I want to, I want to learn every name. Mm -hmm. It's like a computer. You program every name in Mm -hmm. to our system. And I'll never forget them at that point. So I enjoy, even though it's tedious to build the pages and learn the players. Um, Then by the time the season rolls around, you're ready to go.
0: Well, just tell Kit and Carly that you need some time.
1: You need some (laughs) office. It's been a rough week. I mean, I, (laughs)
0: I sp- spoke all over the state this week. Yeah, you need to hand off some sick. of those to me and Rob. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah, you yeah you need some time in your office by yourself. I just need, I need like two days of just leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And I, they're coming. Yeah, good. Um, so we'll, we'll get. But I'm looking forward that um, Sunday, and then I'm gonna go right to the hoops game. So yeah, it's Nebraska plays Minnesota at five thirty. So we run the teams through from like ten to three. And then I'll go right to hoops. Five thirty. 5.30, tip off. That's going to be nuts, by the way. Yeah. Already sold out. Um, all right, final headline. And we're going to have some fun because we talked about scheduling and playoffs and things kind of changing oh, yeah, over yeah. the years. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Headline five. I'm gonna go fun here with you, Steve Sipple, in the offseason. Your favorite Husker bowl game memory and I want to say games you've covered, not games you watched on TV. So, you know, naturally you'd be like, oh, the Johnny Rogers game of the century or something, you no know, games that you were a part of the bowl coverage week. Um, you go ahead first. All right. Well, I got two. Can okay, we both have two? Um, and my two you go ahead. My two that really, for me, the 01 Rose Bowl, which was the 02, the 02 Rose Bowl in the 01 season, just because at that time, I mean, it was the pinnacle. I mean, Nebraska, was in the national championship game they had a year that season they played oklahoma yeah and notre dame that's right in lincoln that's right both were college that's game right. day games they played oklahoma and notre dame in lincoln on college game day and oklahoma was ranked what yeah it was it was like a one verse two or yeah. a two versus three it was like Something a like that yeah it was a basically a one versus two game but oh my God. just that season that game and and I don't know. Like it was a reality check, though, of how fast the table turned on Nebraska. Once college football had changed to kind of this pro recruiting influence, and I credit Miami with what they did on that team uh, with Butch Davis and then Pete Carroll when they came into college football. Yeah. They changed college football to more of a pro kind of draft approach, development approach. That was Butch Davis's recruits, but that was Larry Coker's Team. team. Yeah. Coker was the coach, but Butch Davis put. it But together. they recruited and built that Miami team like a pro team, and then Pete Carroll did that at USC, uh-huh. and then Nick Saban started doing that at Alabama, yeah. um, and and that was different than how Nebraska had won. They didn't uh-huh. build teams that way, and it was a reality check that week. But just that game itself, and seeing you know sixty five
0: nebraska fans yeah. in pasadena yeah it was 65,000 fans i know out there. and it's as gorgeous as it's cracked up to be and no now they don't want people don't want to hear us talk too much about that because you hear that all the time but it is i mean you hear it all the time because pasadena is gorgeous so we were that setting is gorgeous this would have been god what year would this
1: have been 2019 in the summer we were on the satellite camp trips yeah um it might have been 2021 2019 um, we were at FIU. Butch Davis was coaching FIU. Okay. okay, and didn't really talk to Butch. He he wasn't real friendly. He wasn't. No. Um, but Ken, he was at FIU. Um, yeah, he was the head coach. Yeah, and that's was probably wasn't all overly friendly. Ken Dorsey was in between jobs, and he was like essentially the facilities AD for FIU. <laughs> <You're okay. laughs> now, and I'm he's, sure he's taking us around, showing us stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, "This is freaking Ken Dorsey." Dorsey, <laughs> I said. I said, kid, I don't know if you know how much pain you put on Nebraska. Like that game, like was pretty painful. It was over at halftime. Yeah, and it was, but the the number of media that were there too, like for me as a young reporter, mm. it was eye opening. Just because <laughs> that was a time where all the national media would travel. Oh yeah,
0: it was way different, was way different way time.
1: Different. And yeah, uh, what's your other one? My other one was the '05 Alamo Bowl against Michigan. Oh, interesting one. Why do you pick that one? Um because it was a lot of fun and it was honestly a game. Nebraska really had no business winning in terms of talent. Michigan was far superior, but you give bill Callahan and Zach Taylor a lot of credit. They figured out a way to scheme Michigan and beat them. And, you know, they, they kind of warmed down a speed and, and, you know, Taylor took a beating that game and just Zach, the way that game ended. I do mean, you remember how the game ended?
0: Yeah. Zach Bowman, um, and Titus Brothers ran that guy out of bounds after they were doing lateral after lateral. Michigan lateral, lateral, lateral. Was one of those deals at the end where you're like, oh, wait a second. Are they going to get this to the end zone? Remember that? Remember and, that? and Herb Street and um, Mike Tirico were the announcers. Yep. With Aaron Andrews. I mean, it was you, li- you liked going to San Antonio, right? You liked the Riverwalk. Is that what you're trying to get to here? You liked the Riverwalk. It was, I mean, the Riverwalk was always a good time. It was super fun. It's beautiful. I mean, it, Nebraska
1: fans, like that was peak Nebraska fan. Like oh. San Antonio, Riverwalk, I mean, they oh. would take that place over. Any Alamo Bowl was beautiful. Any of those was beautiful. I hope with the reshuffling of bowl games, somehow the Big Ten gets back with the Alamo Bowl, but I fear that the SEC will just take it. They're great. Because Oklahoma, yeah, and m yeah. Missouri,
0: Makes Arkansas, Makes Texas. Sense. Makes sense.
1: Like, they're the natural.
0: Yeah. That sucks. That sucks because it was fun going down So there. you, you trips, could have an SEC Big 12 Alamo Bowl. Those trips were fun. The Alamo Bowl is a fun bowl for fans because there's so much to do. And it's so nice. And out. there's lots of hotels. And it's nice out. It's nice out. You're wearing shorts. Okay, my two favorite. It's pretty clear um, distinct differences. I mean, I'm not going to belabor the point too much The um, of why the 96 <laughs> Fiesta Bowl after the 95 season is my favorite first, Florida. It, yeah. And it's per, partially without going down memory lane. It was my first bowl that I covered. Mm-hmm. So it was that, but it was more than that. They won obviously, but it was fun because I covered the, I covered the Florida team a lot. I mean, they, they I was kind of the Florida beat guy for the journal star. So I got to know Spurrier and it was fun getting to know Spurrier going over to the practice. He'd make fun of me. Um, it was that, that was sort of fun. Um, Stoops is on that staff, right? Or was yeah. we I mean, yeah, Stoops which, was a DC if I, if I'm, yeah, Bob Stoops was the DC. If I'm not mistaken, um, I think that's the case, but anyway, anyway, the other thing that I'll always remember was calling back to our desk, Sean, this is the, Carl Vogel. If you're watching, he'll verify this keg keg, kegler. I'd call back and say, Hey, this is not going to be a game and they'd be like you're crazy. I'd say like, no, this is not going to be a game. Here's why. I'd say it. I'd go to those press conferences and they'd bring in a linebacker that was like 6'1 215, then they'd bring in a nose tackle that was weighed 260. And I said this is not going to work. They 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 don't have the they don't have the size that can handle Nebraska's physicality up front. They can't. They're not going to be able to do it. I said this is Nebraska will blow them out, which sounds really pathetic for me to say now after they won sixty-two to twenty-four. But I knew Nebraska was going to win that game because um, they just were so much bigger and more. Physical. And Bob Stoops didn't join the staff till the next year. Next year, thank you. Then the other one, and you're going to scoff, but I always say this it, the Independence sport. Here's why. <laughs>
1: I knew you're going to no, say no. That. Here's
0: why, though. There's a reason. There's a good reason, actually. It was novel. It was a bull- so I got used to going to these very nice bowl game trips where you're in like when you went to what well, you you referenced the 2001 rose bowl i was in la for 13 days i was in scottsdale for that fiesta bowl for 14 days and you stay at these beautiful hotels and it's gorgeous everything's taken care of you don't worry about a thing well then all of a sudden now you're in shreveport you're in freaking shreveport and you're at a, kind of a so, so hotel. Why are you whispering? And, and, and you go, and you go up to the stadium for the first practice as a beat writer and players come out and thank you for being there. Jamal Lord, uh, TJ Hollowell and Darren Diedrich greeted me and Rich Kaipust and said, Hey, we appreciate you guys coming because they probably thought as they were lifting these little weights in a little part of this little stadium, I don't even know if we're getting media coverage, but they did, and they—I'll never forget Jamal, Jamal Lord, T.J. Hollowell, and Darren Diedrich coming out and thanking us for for showing. You up. want to hear my Independence Bowl story that year? Yes, I went, um, and I, I didn't cover the
1: week. It, I, this was two thousand yeah, I covered the game and got down there early. I went with a friend, but um, I rode down with Vershon. Vershon Jackson rode down with us, <laughs> and he had kind of. Why know, did he do that? Well, he wanted to go yeah and we were doing radio stuff back then at 1620 when he I was, was no 30. longer on the team no he's done yeah and, and he was tight with guys on the team back then and um he had kind of like his his it was his car wasn't a car you'd take on the road trip kind of, you know had the rims and stuff right and he came and met me at my mom's house in south omaha and he parked like we had to park the car in my mom's garage oh nice <laughs> See, we, you must have a nice car Oh yeah, I mean he's like could he so my mom let him park it in the garage. We drove down. Uh Vershawn was with me and and who uh, else? A guy named Elliot. Um El- that <laughs> a, guy I went to, a guy named Elliot. I went to college with and yeah. Three, it was like the three of us drove down to Shreveport together. Yeah. And it wasn't a
0: good I mean the game wasn't good. Nebraska lost. Oh, they should miss. have
1: won. That was the like they called they
0: they misread the signal on that fake punt. <laughs> I'm not saying the I'm not saying the guy who threw it but he he made a decision on his own. To throw it, he audible to a fake, and it wasn't there. Right? He audible, yeah. Like he, and he, he had, airmailed it. He airmailed the pass. Like,
1: he had the ability to make a check, and it's like one of those things. I'm guessing you never make the check. He
0: made the check, and then if I'm not mistaken, he airmailed the pass. He threw a pass too high. So yeah, that was there was. I remember, I remember the guy I was working with. One of the guys, Kurt McKeever, said, "We got to get to the bottom of this." And Kurt got to the bottom of it. It was a check. It was an audible. Yeah, it wasn't called by the head coach, no. and it hurt him. Well,
1: the it, other thing about that game was that was Steve Peterson's first day on the job. It was, and if you remember, he was up in that press box, yeah, in in Shreveport.
0: I mean, we're in Shreveport at this stadium. After, see what I was getting as what we were, were the year before. we were at Pasadena at the Rose Bowl, so the it was such a profound
1: difference going to Lakers games and Lowry's prime rib. Yeah. So like the highlighted trip
0: for the players of the independence bowl was a tour of an air force base. Yeah. And I didn't even do that, but uh, yeah, I, it was just so much different than what I had been used to all these big time bowls. And now you're at this little, it's a little stadium. Did you finally part ways with the luggage they gave us? I did that, but they gave us that bag, it a garment like bag, a leather garment bag that
1: I had for years. Oh, you try. I mean, it was kind of like. You were traveling with that thing for 20 years. Right. It
0: was beautiful. Black <laughs> garment, leather bag. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yeah. So, no, I I remember that. I remember that trip fondly. It was fun. Shreveport was In inter- Shreveport was interesting. That's an interesting
1: town. What freaked me out about Shreveport, because I had never been to Mardi Gras or any of that stuff, but how you could just, like, drink on the street out there. You could drink. A, guys would have a full can of Bud. Yeah, it was open container. Yeah. Open container. Yeah. And then the, the casino element was big in, th- in that era. Casinos weren't everywhere. And I remember Josh Brown, the former NFL kicker.
0: He won like thousands of dollars on the craps table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why am I not surprised at all on that one? Um, Yeah, that again, it wasn't the game wasn't particularly memorable. It was a Manning, it, you know, it, Archie was there. Yeah, Archie. And come on, help me. So it wasn't Eli. Eli Manning was a QB. Um. So I don't know. It wasn't that. It was just, it was just, it was such a, I guess it was because the pressure wasn't great. Um, I remember the first day I was there though, was when, correct me if I'm wrong on this, that's when they hired Pelini. I mean, it wasn't official, but it was basically official. Archie was extreme. Is that right? Is that, that's, that would have been right. Um, I think was Pelini came into the picture. After that.
1: Well, after the NFL season, right? Yeah. So, so that I remember the bowl game would have been before the NFL season. Well, I, so I don't think they hired Bo until the Packers were done. But his name had surfaced. His name had surfaced. Oh, and I was thinking Bo's name didn't come out until more January. No, it surfaced. December?
0: Yeah, it surfaced. Because I can remember being down. Because the coach's clinic in January is when the hires got made. I can remember being down in a cramped hotel room, kind of half pissed that I'm writing about Bo Pelini at this bowl game.
1: But, um, yeah, you're right. Because I, when I talked to Barney Cotton this summer for the book, for your book, um, Barney said that Bo interviewed him at the um, at
0: the coaches' convention. That's the first time they had met. So that was early January, yeah. So, yeah, so that's yeah, no, so I know, I know that's what way it went down. This was for defensive coordinator, though. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This wasn't Bo becoming the head coach, this was 02 after he had parted ways with Craig Bull, but, yes, after Frank had parted ways with. Him. Yeah, and Bo's name, Bo name, Bo's name quickly surfaced.
1: Quickly surfaced. And the connection there was Monty Kiffin. Frank called Monty. Monty called Pete Carroll. Yeah.
0: Pete Carroll recommended Bo Pelini, and then that's how the the circle began. Right. And I'm telling you, by the time Nebraska got to Shreveport to begin preparations, it was all but done, if not done. That Pelini was going to be the defensive coordinator. True story. So a lot came out of that trip to Shreve. Those bowl trips were always very busy.
1: Well, and a lot of people. uh, What people don't understand about a bowl trip is we haven't been on one a long time. But a lot of people come around. Yeah, like you come to practice and you 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 run into former players Mm -hmm. that you hadn't seen in a long time. That was that's like. I remember one year we're in Jacksonville and Rich Glover's at practice.
0: Right. There's a lot of that. It's just you know we haven't done it in so long and it's. It's sort of disconcerting. Those bowl trips were great. They're great for the program. Ugh, they used to run
1: like high school coaches' clinics at the bull practice. Remember yeah. that all yeah. those coaches would oh, come. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're great. I don't know. There's a I hate to say this, but it's kind of a different time now. Yeah. I mean, I it won't know. be that way no. when they go back. It probably won't. No. It won't. Like
1: remember the Best Buy mean? shopping sprees that they'd go on, on these bowl trips? Oh yeah. I mean, does that even matter when you're getting NIL? No. Like how excited those kids were to have $500 to spend at
0: Best Buy. Yeah. The swag. Yeah. The swag was a big part of it. Not now. It won't be.
1: Yeah. I don't even know if you, people do that bowl gift story anymore. Remember, they used to always like, yes, we,
0: that was part of it. That's but you no, know, like, no, I know exactly what you're like talking about. Like this year, I didn't see it. Oh, no. yeah. This, no. I don't think, you, I don't think those, I don't think that's a thing anymore. The bowl gift, N I L. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Well, we, we yeah, really, we're just two old guys reminiscing. We just yeah. kind of went old guy.
1: Um, on headlines here but that that's a fun way to talk in the offseason i enjoy doing that i do
0: too those are yeah we'll do more of that we'll do more
1: of that all right well um if you're not a member of husker online, we got a great deal great time to get on here as we gear up for spring practice ncaa basketball baseball everything going on try us out for two months for one dollar simply use promo code nu one to try out husker online two months for one dollar Signing off here for another edition of Husker, Carolina headlines for Steve Sipple, I'm Sean Callahan.